With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's, it's no longer to where, oh my God, it's happening. 
it's more so, okay, up. Oh, it seems like it's, it's on the schedule now. This week, there's another black person who's going to get killed unjustly. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. You continuously hear all this stuff. Well, people did this, people did that, then we want to worry about it. It, it, it baffles me that you can comply. Everyone always saying you would be, make it home safe and all this if you complied with the cops. If you weren't, if you didn't do anything, then you wouldn't have. You know, if well, he had a criminal history. They try to paint this criminal um, history onto you, all this kind of stuff, so that the narrative can change. And it, in the in that oh. Well, yeah, Phil Baff isn't getting killed unjustly, but don't make it like he was such a good guy. And they sit there and paint as much as they can. Now, I will remind, remind some people because I have to get this through people's heads all the time. Just because I do not go for police brutality does not mean I hate cops. I'm so sick of it that where I, have to, where I feel like I have to explain that all the time. And I'm so sick of having to justify, you know, people always want to throw this in your face. Well, you stop black people, start killing black people. <sighs> I'm so sick of having to go through this whole, jump, jumping through this whole loop. Of, the last time I checked, black people were also getting, you know, other races were killing each other as well. And people always want to say, well, it's a higher rate. Well, it's also, you know, it. You know, this is it's always funny how people throw percentages around because it's interesting how that all works out when at the end of the day if you have less of a number stuff is going on, guess what? It's gonna be a higher percentage. Like it's not disingenuous. If you got a much bigger population number and such as people are doing this to each other, guess what? It doesn't. It's not going to be a high. It's not going to be as high as a percentage that you can sit there and name. And it's ridiculous. I just, I just really want someone to tell me how do you how you can use that as excuse every time and think it's okay. Like it's, it's just not. It's, it's utter BS. But huh, I know what to say. But I will tell you this: we will be getting into that later, with Uncle Chris. I've, Drop the cat the bag a little bit for you. That'd be one of the things we'll be talking about. Some of the killings that happened this week, it's ridiculous. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of waking up and seeing it. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't know what to say. But I do know what I'm going to do right now. That is, I'm going to, I got some, some music by an artist who is part of Relentless Hustler Entertainment. Um, projects, man, they got volume, he'll be on volume two, um, Lodge, and we got two songs for him, we got uh, Cleanest Meanest, and we got Relentless, those two tracks will be debuting here on tonight's show, um, also, again, we'll be talking to artist T-Rock during the show, chopping up with him about how he got into the music industry, some of the products he got going on and whatnot. And again, we'll be talking to Uncle Chris later on the show. And one of the big things he will be talking about is the latest wave of police brutality. So, 
that's what you got to look forward to on tonight's show. That being said, we're going to go to music break. And shoot, we're going to debut one of the tracks now. Um, this track we're going to play now is by Elijah. And this is Clean as Venus right here on Life at the Dust Live. Your boy, Seti J. I got the cleanest, cleanest, and I got a feeling. Rubbed her lamp right, so 
it's hard to miss. She hustle hard, bring dollars in. Bedroom, she dominant. I'm cool with it, I'm a fool with it. Yo, bitch, that's got nothing to do with it. Girl, your uh. smile is incredible. Style is impeccable. Girl, your smile is incredible. Style is impeccable. Girl, your smile is incredible. Style is impeccable. Then we got together and I I'm stopped I ain't stopped yet. 
So who was one of those artists that you heard, like when you heard you say you were just chilling around the radio and, and it kind of led you to get into music? At the time, who was um, the artist that, that spoke to you? Um, I believe it was like Run DMC. I think they had the Adidas song, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like to see. So you you pay, you pay homage to a lot of lot of um legendary people in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I came up in that era, so you know what I mean. It ain't really too much. <laughs> yeah, like Run DMC, Rock Him, Big Daddy King, and yeah. But I really grew up when I when I start I get got older I started listening to like Tupac, Snoop Dogg, DMX, um, Wu Tang, Wu Tang Clan, a lot of different a lot of different people I started listening to inspired me to do do more with my music. Now, kind of jumping ahead to now, like your view of the music industry from you know because growing up in the era and then. Um, still living this current era of music, like what's like your thoughts on the hip hop industry back then <laughs> versus now? Good and bad. Yeah, it it changed. It changed a whole lot. I mean, like from I remember one time it wasn't even cool to like sample somebody's stuff, but you know what I mean now you can do that, and 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 it won't be no problem. But yeah, the music changed a whole lot. I think. Like, what, what what would you say is probably like the, what's some of the bad the the bad stuff that you feel that changed it, um that you wish were better. Um, you say like the bad stuff. Yeah, because I mean, shoot, I can name I can I can name a list of great stuff. And I can name yeah. list of stuff there. I'm like, damn, why the hell are they doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the like, cause you know, when is is the era in hip hop, everything changed. Even even down to the we dress, a whole lot of different styles uh, pairing on. I mean, like, uh, I don't, I ain't judging nobody, but it's certain stuff I I I would do, and it's certain stuff I wouldn't do. You know what I mean? So, I guess yeah. Like no, I'll see. Artists, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, cause I mean, that's I mean for me personally. I don't know. I, I look around and one one of the things I, I I don't like is, I mean, it, it's a gift or the curse. Anybody yeah. can do like I won't I won't even say anybody can do this, but people have more access of being able to record more music and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Dude, but not everybody takes it serious. Some people serious, they yeah. see, oh, I can make some money off of this. I can get famous, but they don't want to <laughs> do the work that's yeah. got to be put behind yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, you got to do the work. <laughs> you got to. And grind. they see that as hard. Have... They want to start crybabying and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. giving up so soon. Yeah, the struggle makes it all the much more better for when you get to where you want to where you want to be. You know what I mean? If ain't no struggle behind you, ain't really nothing you talk about. You just probably just living a facade off another another person. So that's the way I feel. Exactly. Like I I, I say, man, you you hit the you hit the nail right in the doorknob. Like real yeah. talk. Like if I like the struggle is 
is a key piece because if you've been through the hard, been through a lot of hard times early on, when you go through some hard times, because even when you get successful and then when you make your money, you still got to deal with hard times. Yeah, but you if you deal with hard, hard times early on, you'll be prepared. Yeah, you just know it's there. You always got to know you got to deal with, with what's there ahead of you for. Yeah. Because, yeah, cause I watch you. Some people, everything's been handed to them so much. I mean, and that, not just in music, yeah. but modeling, everything. Like, sometimes it's kind of crazy because some girls, you know, you feel like, well, they've always had their looks in, yeah. you know, in, they, in their body or whatnot. And then, of course, you know, Mother Nature takes her toll and they don't have the body they used to. And so now they don't know what to do because they're like, damn, well, I can't. What skills do I have now? Because I can't use my body to get where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Now, as, as far as um superstar, when you put out superstar, I and was prepping the track. Uh, what led you to put that track out? Why? What? Why did it speak to you? Oh uh, um, well, um, it was just is 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 inspired from a from a from from a female friend. I was really feeling her, and I wanted her to know, you know what I mean, that she was special. So I just named the track Superstar, and my homeboy, Roddy T, who you heard on the track, he jumped on with me, and he just killed it. Oh, so this uh, so, oh, so this is based like a dedication track to a, to a chick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, my question is, did it work? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh no, it didn't. no, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Hey, but you got some dope music out of it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a dope song. <laughs> it is a dope song, but it didn't work. I ain't gonna front. <laughs> Damn, hold on. You know what, man? <laughs> I know you I know you my guest and everything, but I gotta do it to you. Yeah. You got we I'm about to give it to give it a cricket. No, I ain't gonna give it to cricket. <laughs> But <laughs> do like that. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, should I give him the crickets? Nah, I'm let him make it today. Cause I yeah, know yeah, how I feel, brother. Part. I know how I feel. Yeah, it happens. It. I'm lying. It happens though. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, yeah. Hey, see, and, and that just proves you humble because. It's because you you have to be humble to have like admitted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the truth. I can't lie. It would have come up. It would have come up somewhere, somewhere down the line. Why not now? Yeah, so chick. But what you mean anyway? You know, they would be all in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm putting since I'm already got you putting put you on blast. Uh, what? Yeah. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you besides what happened with that track? <laughs> <laughs> I I believe that's the most embarrassing. Ain't nothing really too much happened. <laughs> well, you, and but yeah, that probably was the most embarrassing thing. But yeah. But it it was like it was like yeah, yeah, you can say that was the most embarrassing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you had someone. That's not bad, there. That's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you. See you. You doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. And I had some stuff that's been said on here, and I'm like, 
What the heck just happened? <laughs> All right, so Man. like, what as far as um the rest of the year? Cause I know we got about three, well, less than three months left in a year. Uh, yeah. What do you have planned up your sleeve to do for the rest of the year? Um, I know I got plans to go to Atlanta. Probably do a photo shoot, video. I don't know if all that gonna be set up within. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be prepared for me at the end of the year, but I don't know if it's gonna get put out at that out out of the three months that's left in this year. So probably next year you hear some new music from me or whatever. I'm working on Big Voice, Bigger City, Volume Three right now. So nice, look nice. for that. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, that's that's. Just, I mean, well, at least you, at least you you play that. You got something going into the year. Cause some people, what I get kill me. What they do is they wait for the next year. To, they they get they wait till like January first to hit, and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna be big this year. Instead of <laughs> they they always wait to like have these New Year's yeah, resolutions, and they wait yeah. to January first to do them <laughs> instead of building yeah. up and building up the months before it. So that you come yeah. into the year strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, I got like down here in South Carolina, I got six songs on the radio um, that play play locally every Sunday night on Z ninety three jams. I got six songs on that. So, but now I'm thinking I'm saturating the radio too much with music because they play they play they give them they give them um, music like uh, like two months of time to shine, but. When when I like to get in the studio all the time, every time I write something, I go to the studio, drop it. If I whenever I do that, I send them the song, and they like them and they play them. But now I'm thinking I'm doing them too much, cause I don't know. I guess I guess I am, but I guess that's just me. I just like working, so yeah. As you gotta do, sometimes you gotta keep going to, you yeah. gotta keep um turning until you find that find that one. You never yeah. know. Sometimes it be the the song you don't think is the best. All of yeah. a sudden, that's the one that everybody like. It's like, it's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would see what man. Let, um, let, let yeah. everybody. Know, I got you one last question for you that I want. Once you give everybody information on how they can follow you, um, my last question for you is: If you had twenty four hours left to live, um, how would you spend those twenty four hours? Um, <laughs> probably. Recording songs and chilling with my fam. That's it. Well, definitely. Um, let everybody let everybody know how they can follow you, or as we call here in the show, how they can stalk you. <laughs> well, my um Facebook is Travis Miles, and my SoundCloud is Travis the underscore Trav. Un, Trav underscore travesty underscore and yeah just uh, just hit me up. All right, most definitely, man. Oh, so we I appreciate you again for coming to the show, man. Much love to you and thanks for having me, man. No problem. Shoot, everybody. Um, that was that was our artist artist for this week. T Rock, shout out to him, and shout out to my girl Rari. I see you out there. Always putting in work. Putting, I'm yeah, an yeah. up-and-coming artist. It's I like. So, big ups to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Okay, so I got to get this off my... And I got I forgot to ask you this question. You being in South Carolina... 
Well, I still got you on. I got to yeah. ask you this question because it's perfect for the era you're in, and you're going to definitely be able to have something that people understand. Like, all these police killings, especially unit, you came from everywhere. One, we had people like Dylan Roof who went into a church and decided yeah, yeah, he's going to yeah, go kill yeah. people. He lived to see another day. And then on yeah. the flip side, in the, not in South Carolina, but in the Carolinas itself, you yeah. get this dude killed who had a damn book in his hand and was yeah. complying with police. Like, what's your thought yeah. process on that, man? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I don't even know, man. It's just crazy. I just hope not. Like when I'm driving now, I, I make sure I'm straight with the police. I ain't even trying to get stopped because you never know what happened now. They just out here just shooting, shooting like like they just shooting for no reason. It's killing black people. So you know what I mean? It, I don't know. It's crazy. Just be safe. That's all I can say. Relentless Hustler Entertainment. Not my gift, this is heavenly, remember me I'm relentless, nigga They won't knock me off my pivot, nigga I just don't think they get it, nigga This is my truth and guarantee I'm gonna live it, nigga I'm a hustler I'm relentless, nigga They won't knock me off my pivot, nigga I just don't think they get it, nigga This is my truth and guarantee I'm gonna live it, nigga I'm a hustler Relentless, nigga I'm making mountains out of more hills I take more hills, make them the mountains For all the doubters, the naysayers Them dick eaters, them passive haters I hustle hard, I'm steadfast I never waver, I never wager on something I don't believe For that fact, I put it all on me I can't both see that All my struggles and falls wasn't in vain I seen the clouds dissipate But the sun is shining again Seen the king take a fall for the prince to rise again See my horse go crazy, now I'm gripping them reins I sacrifice blood, sweat, and the pain When it's all said and done, they will all know this name There may be some that may claim They helped me get here before all of the fame But when I fell down and all them niggas ran When they asked how I came, say my motherfucking name I'm relentless, nigga They won't knock me off my pivot, nigga 
pockets don't think they get it, nigga. This is my truth and guarantee I'm gonna live it, nigga. I'm a hustler, I'm relentless, nigga. They won't knock me off my pivot, nigga. I just don't think they get it, nigga. This is my truth and guarantee I'm gonna live it, nigga. I'm a hustler, relentless, nigga. That was another track we just debuted here in the show. That was Relentless by La J right here on Life of the Dust Live. And we got a chance to chop it up with um, T-Rock earlier in the show. Always a reminder, if you miss any parts of the show, go to blogtalkradio.com slash J. Also, on iTunes. Type in Dust by Radio Network on iTunes, on the TuneIn Radio app. On the Stitcher Radio app and of course dustspot.com slash dustspot radio. You got many ways, ain't no way in the world you shouldn't catch the show. Too many ways to find it. That being said, got my next guest on the show. He's one he's he's everyone's favorite uncle that tunes in. And when he got something to say, he spilled when he spilled, he comes spill tea, he spilled a tea. It ain't like it ain't just like no regular tea. It's like it's like Arnold Palmer. It's like half lemonade, half iced tea when he come through. So I want to welcome to the show <laughs> my boy, Uncle Chris. What's up, Uncle Chris? What's going on, man? What's going on, City J? City J, what's going on with you? What's man? up, man? Uh, you know, just, I was telling you in, in the green room, man, just, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure, man, when I go outside tomorrow, you know, that I ain't got to worry about being a hashtag the next day. Right, right. You know, I'm going to go back to what Will Smith said. Will Smith said that racism hasn't changed. It's just now it's, it's, being, it's being video recorded, right? Well, welcome. Welcome, white America. Now you're seeing it for yourself. <laughs> okay, here's my thing. I'm going to be focusing more on white people tonight on this because here's why. There's a lot of decent white people in this country. There's no doubt about that. They, those, those people aren't really the problem. The problem is those white people who put their heads in the sand and think that racism is just some sort of virus that you can cure with a shot in the arm. It doesn't work like that. Okay. Racism doesn't go away because my skin color, my skin color doesn't doesn't go away. I was born with this, and I didn't have a choice in the matter. And those, I'm talking straight to those white people who don't seem to get it. See, respect. I respect these type of people, even though they're wrong. And, and, and the, the, the KKK and the Aryans and all guys, because see, they made a they, they made a stand. They drew their line on the sand on where they stand. That's where the respect stops, all right? But as far as their actions and what their, what their ideology of killing blacks and Latinos and Jews and all of that, no, I ain't, I ain't for that, all right? Because I'll take a skinhead and crush his skull in if I, if I have to, 
Now I have no problem. <laughs> now, but at least they drew a line in the sand on where they stand. It's the middle of the road, white people, that really need to wake the hell up. Okay. Well, you know, you know, uh, I just don't know. You know, hey, um, you know, I just wish that, you know, we all can just get along. No, there is no wish that we all can get along. And I, I have been very vocal and very boisterous in what I've been saying in these past, I want to say the past couple of months, where I have been telling white people, even on my Facebook page, that they need to get their act together and stop acting like this does not involve them. Black people, black men are being shot and killed at a very high disproportionate rate rate than any other race in the world. And I need white people that's going to stand by me. I don't need them to fight. Most white boys can't fight anyway. No, no, no offense. <laughs> but I just need you to stand by my side. We'll do the fighting. We'll do the fist fighting. I just need those those head in the sand white people to get their heads out of the sand and out of their asses and say, hey, we do not condone this. That's all we need for them to say. That's all we need for them to say. If you're as anti-racist and as anti-racism as a lot of white people have been on record to say, then get involved and do something. Period. White person. I got a question for you, Uncle Chris. Well, wait, hold on. Before you hold on to that question, real quick. If a white person was to come up to me right now and say, hey, hey, Chris, or hey, Uncle Chris, Mr. Chris, I've got so many damn nicknames, what can I do as a white person to help? You know what I'm saying? I will want you to, I will want you to use your platform, whether it's on social media or whenever you go out in public to, to, to tell your, your friends that you're not going to condone this. You're not going to condone racial talk. You're not going to condone racism. You're not going to condone unarmed black men being shot because they didn't scratch their ass properly. You know, do not condone it. That's what, you know, social media. Make a a statement on social media that I, I, uh, Quagmire, is not going to put up with this crap anymore, and I'm sick and tired of it, and I'm willing to, I, I, I have my black friends back, they don't have, they don't, they don't, they don't mean physically, but you can have my back socially and mentally, and that's what we need, that's what I need, that's what I need my white friends to do in your city and and so on and so forth. Go ahead with your question. Hold on. It's going it's to continue to tie into what you're talking about. What about these folks that want to act a goddamn fool about people kneeling down by the flag, 
But you know, whenever whenever these these killings happen, we can't find their ass. They quiet as a mouse right now. But somebody kneeled down with the flag. This is outrage. We've got to stop it. You know what? I even I even take one further than that, nephew. Why is it that when somebody say, "Well, I the only problem I had with Colin Kaepernick." taking the knee for the national anthem is that it wasn't the right way to do it. Well, when is, <laughs> when is there, you know, so if that wasn't the right way to do it, when is it? <laughs> this, you know, when you're upset, when you're mad as hell and you can't take it anymore, it's going to rub people the wrong way. So when should he have have done it, Ray Lewis? When she had, when when should he have done it, Stephen A. Smith? When should he have done it then? I'm I'm, I'm you know I am just before Shaquille O'Neal. I can. I could give him sort of a mini pass because Shaq is an auxiliary police officer. So he ain't going to really say much of anything. So I wouldn't even look to him to be uh, uh, an activist in that department. Well, that's the problem, Uncle Bruce. That's the problem. Too many we good cops let the bad cops run around at the goddamn fool. But we can't change everybody's mind. But we don't need to change everybody's mind. We just need to change enough people. We need the minority needs to be the majority. And then when we become the majority, some of those that will 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 come around to the forefront, like Shaquille O'Neal. What what's Shaquille gonna do? Is Shaquille gonna put on a, a a uniform? Is he going to? Is he going? Oh wait a minute! He's gonna go undercover, and 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 do a drug bust. Shaquille O'Neal, really? For all you know, he's a he's a death cop. He ain't gonna get his hands dirty. But I don't wanna, I don't wanna spend too, I don't wanna spend too much time on him. The fact of the matter is, is that the majority, but we are talking about the majority, and that's white people in this country. They need to get involved, and they need to they need to to to, to be at the forefront, stating that we're not going to tolerate this and we're not going to stand this no more. Every night on the news, there's a black man got his hands up being shot to death. But I'm going to put I'm going to put some of the blame on us black folks. We black folks don't want to call we don't want to call our white people our white friends out or our white uh, um, um, what's the word that I want to use we don't want to call our white peers out to let them know that they have a responsibility just like we have responsibilities and it's got to stop this generation Generation X. 
needs because because that's that's where some of the old school generation failed us. Now, it was all about can we all just get along? Let's just go along, and you know things will change and all of that. You know, I remember my mother telling me this crap. I won't say it's crap because there has been some change. Has been little. I call it kibbles and bits change. You know, yeah, they're black millionaires, but but the white millionaires have became ten million and a hundred million millionaires. <laughs> so a million is a crumb. <laughs> you see where I'm going with that? Exactly. So there has been change, but it's been incremental changes. It's been you know, there's been a little, you know, baby step change. But that's not enough because look at what's still going on here in this country. It's not a it's it's not a joke. It's not you know it, it this is this is this is all in our faces. This affects us whether we want what you know. You're in Texas and I'm in Ohio. Guess what? We're still in the same fight, my man. And the white people that are surrounded by you and the white people that are surrounded by, by me, whether they believe it or not, they're part of this too. Because once we're exterminated, then they're going to find them to harass. It always, it, it never fails. If you don't stop it now, white people, it's going to affect you, white people. And I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking to white people in my family, and I'm talking to white people that are my peers. And I dare any of them to say that I'm wrong for what I'm saying. What are you going to do about it? Prove me wrong. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm smart. You're stupid. Sit down. Know your role. Learn your place. And learn something for a change. Stop making everything about you. And that's exactly what <laughs> You don't think I haven't told some of my friends that? Yes, I have. And I love and I they do. Kid. They throw around our black leaders, um, like black leaders um, who, you know, from decades ago, like MLK. If, I wish he'd be more like MLK. He was a peaceful man. Um, did y'all read, or did I read the exact same um, MLK story they read? Because the story I read, he wasn't, he wasn't that damn peaceful. Like they was, they have revisionist history. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Well, I've heard, I have heard and read up a little that there were some um, that there was some certain things that Martin Luther King was saying. Towards the end of his life That were indications That No we was going to make this violent But You know Words are powerful And I, I, I just I don't think that There was not anything that I'd ever read of uh, That had Made me feel that King was going in that direction. I don't think he would have, only only because of the fact that 
leading up in you know in in ninety eight. I mean, I'm sorry, in sixty eight, he had a lot of momentum going for him. LBJ was the president. LBJ did not his first term, but in his second term, uh, he did well. He didn't do his second term. I'm sorry. He did the uh, he he did the two years after JFK got shot. Then he did the fourth. But like at the near the end of his term, he did got a, he did get a lot of things pushed through. So so there was momentum at the end of JF. I mean, sorry, LBJ's presidency, where where there was a lot of the world poverty. There was a lot of uh, social programs that were that were being pushed through. So I really don't think that he would have ever, quote unquote, pulled that trigger. Uh, I know that some of his, I know some of the things that he said that Martin Luther King had said towards the end of his life were, were you know, have been dissected. But I don't, I really wouldn't, uh, how can I say this? I really wouldn't take it that far. I think what happened with, I think what happened with Malcolm X, I think I think that's where that 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 that, that revolution would have came from. I think it would have came from him, then so from Martin Luther King. So so I'm I'm not you know I'm not really too too sure on that. But but say, but but I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned him because here's the thing: had they been alive? There probably wouldn't be all of this going on because at least there would have been a legitimate leader that would have said, "Hey, hey, we should not, we should not be doing this. We should not be rioting. Protests, yes. Riots, no." Well, what do you do? What What does kids do when the when you have a mom and dad in the home and the dad is a you know, he's a fair disciplinarian, and he leaves the house. What do kids do? They start acting up. When, when, when our leaders were killed back in the 60s, yes, there was a big black leader vacuum that's just been wide-ass open. It's still wide-ass open today. And what has happened is that now that there is no real black leadership. We as a we as a collective race, yeah, we we're we're something to be feared upon, because we're who's our black leaders today? And please don't tell me Al Sharpton, because he's not my leader. Who's really out there for us? And please don't tell me Farrakhan because I do eat pork ribs from down the time. So, who's really our leader? Think about that. Hmm. If I had to answer that, I, I mean, it's weird, man, because you can't really pick. Like, if you had to pick, so you're saying if I had to pick one person. Well, I mean, I, it was more rhetorical than than literal. That question was more rhetorical. There are 
I mean, literally, on a question standpoint, there are no black leaders. There haven't been any since then. And 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 clearly, on a rhetorical level, clearly on a rhetorical level, I mean, the so-called black leadership in and of itself is a joke. The NAACP is an absolute joke. Oh, Rachel Dolezal. Well, I mean, look at the Rachel Dolezal thing in Washington, in Washington State. I mean, really? This woman lied about her true race so, so, so that she can so that she could join the NAACP. And for those and 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 for those a holes that wanted to remind us that, well, you know, the NAACP was real originally founded by white people. Yes, folks, that is true. However, it was founded by white people to be for an organization to be set up for blacks. So once the NAACP was, you know what I'm saying? Basically, it was it was an organization that was set up for blacks to be part of, and to and at some point in the future that it's that the NAACP would be ran by black people. Okay, all right. So, so you know that so that that fact, uh, I you know that I, I give that to the haters. Okay, but here's the thing though: this woman lied about her race to an entire organization so that so she can belong in it. So what does that say about the organization? They have no they have no relevance. They are a joke of an organization. So where is our leadership? Where is it? I'm I wait. You know who are the leaders? It's people like you, Seti J. It's people like you who have this radio show going. Um, you know, it's it's you know it's the community activists in these cities who who are out and they're protesting and they have you know and they have the they they have the banners they have the they have the signs and and they're and they're really pushing the fact that you know there needs to be change it's 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 black lives the whole black lives matter organization those are leaders But Jesse Jackson is not my leader. Sharpton is not my leader. And none of these chicken pecking punks that get on the mainstream news that try to that that try to think or try to know what's going on in the collectible's mind. Because they're not. Is CNN looking for black leaders? They're going to have to go into black neighborhoods to find them. Exactly. They got to talk to the people who have a who have a who have a platform like you and like me. You want to you want you want to hear some truth? Okay, well I can help you out with that because I speak absolute truth. 
That's why you have me on here. That's why we're friends and colleagues. Because I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a liar. And and what needs to be done is a two-step process. We need white people. We need white people to to that are on the fence need to get off the fence and take a side. That's number one. Number two, we need every we need in every single city, major city in the United States, to have a town hall, open town hall forum about race and race relations. And with that, and with that, that takes care of two things. That takes care. That takes care of. We can discuss openly about police in the black community. Also, talk about black on black crime because it seems like everybody wants to use black on black crime as an escape mechanism. It's as an escape mechanism. What the what? The police are doing to black people, and you got to realize the, the black the black thugs in the hood are just as are, are are just as bad as the cops. Because guess who they affect? They affect black law abiding citizens. The war is on black law abiding citizens. You and me. And the powerful words that I say and the powerful words you say, they have to be words of conviction. Because because if we don't speak up for ourselves, nobody's going to speak up for us. And if I know that something happens to me or something happens to you, Seti, because of the words that are coming out of our mouth, there's going to be somebody that's going to take our place that's going to even be, that's even going to speak even louder than what we're speaking today. So I'm not worried about that. Quick story. Uh, I got robbed uh, almost two years ago. And and the police officer, right, I called the police and all of that, police came over to my house and and uh, I, I made a positive ID of one of the boys, right? And I made a positive ID of one of the boys that was coming out of a house. Well, you know, they caught the punk and everything, and uh, you know, and 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 all that. Police officer takes me home, right? He the the punk had some of my belongings, right? Now, in my mind, okay, Seti. In my mindset, I was like, man, okay, I got the officer's name, I got his badge number and all that, you know. I was going to find out, I was going to find out through my contacts who his boss was, and I was going to, you know, really do something pretty cool for this cop, this, this police officer. I was going to do something real cool for him, right? And I was just like, you know, thank you very much and everything. But he killed it with one fucking comment. He killed the whole thing, and this is what he did. No shit. As I'm getting ready, as I is coming up my street and getting ready to drop me off, 
we was less than a block away from my house, and he turned around and he said, hey, you didn't, uh, hey, I guess, no, he said, hey, I bet you didn't think that you was going to get your cell phone and your wallet back, huh? Wait, what? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what he said to me. Um, that, that killed it. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe that this guy thought that getting my phone back and getting my wallet back trumped my life. Trumped my life. As if like, you know, that's all I wanted. I, I wanted these punks off the street. Whether I got my phone or my wallet back, regardless. I still had my life. I, so that so I would have gotten me another phone. And I would have gotten me another wallet. And the and, and you come and you say that to me as you're driving up in my goddamn driveway? And you wonder why your abiding citizens have a problem with you police officers. I was so stunned at what he said. I just got out the car and I just said, I just, I didn't even say bye. I just waved my arm up. And just, that's, so that's, that's, fuck, that's fuckery. Yeah, man. That, and that took the wind out of myself because I'm like, here I am, a citizen that's been robbed. Okay, I'm you a, being a I'm good nigga. Right, I'm a former, I'm a former United States Marine, Marine veteran. I've paid my dues, and I've paid the price and sacrificed for, for this country. Raising two good kids. And and I'm like, hey, let's get these guns, let's get these scum off the street. And I'm thinking, I'm about to, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm going to really talk with this officer. I'm like, thank you for everything, da, 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 da. And you minimize it. By telling me, oh, you didn't think you was going to get your cell phone or your wallet back. What? The reason that I'm telling this story is that the the police are so mentally and socially disconnected from the community. They look at you as a suspect, even if you are a victim of crime. And they're so arrogant in the way they conduct business that you don't even want to be on their side. You don't even want to work for these guys because of that, a comment like that. So, I mean, it's BS because, I mean, I'm on the um, police, I'm on the chief's advisory board here in my city, and, I, and in the advisory meeting, I still let them know. Because everybody, I still have to know my feelings on something that's going on. 
and it's ridiculous. I mean, we we actually have one of the best police forces according to the numbers and you know crime and crime rate and whatnot, which is surprising. I mean, not necessarily. I won't say it's completely surprising because when you go around in my city, you not the cops aren't as bad. But it's not it's not here. It's once you get out. Oh, as soon as you get like to the outskirts cities, like the suburbs, a little bit out of here, that's when the fuckery starts. That's when they want to start treating you like boy. That's when they want to. I mean, I I comply completely with a police officer. He got mad. He got his his voice his elevation his voice got got risen because I told him when he pulled me over, um I need, I'm calling my lawyer real quick because he didn't he was like well you didn't hurry up you know he just started raising his voice like tripping and I just did that as a formality this is before this is way before like all like we started getting ourselves on videotape like I was doing that because I wanted to make sure that my family knew. I was okay, and didn't know and make sure no fuckery happened. But if if I would rewind, if I would have fast forward that time to today, present time, I would have been ten times more freaked out. Cause these people would kick their mm-hmm. nails, man. They'll fucking mollywop your ass in a second. Especially like you be in them country, there's always in them country ass towns with country ass roads where. It's pretty much freeway, oh, so people driving by and not really brother. able to stop. I know all about that, my friend. I know all about that. So I know where you're going. Go ahead. So nah, it's 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 just it's ridiculous, man. Like we shouldn't have to. It it, it just bugs the hell out because one one thing go back to the, the flag thing. Let me look at you. Let me say something. I've been wanting to say this to people's face, and I've been kind of holding back. And I, and now that's two new things that happened. And then just um, while we're on the show, this literally happened. Somebody got killed doing a goddamn pro- protest in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You have got to be fucking kidding me, man! Like you see him looking oh, me yeah. in the face of a oh, why is Colin Kaepernick kneeling? First of all, get the fuck out of my face talking about we're disrespecting military. I'm sick of it because you want you want you want to show me that you're not disrespecting the military. Get out in these fucking go really do something for the military. I'm former like, military. I'm sick of it. Like what? we just use I'm, I'm military former, as little pawns to say, listen, oh, what we're doing something. Listen, nephew, I'm I'm prior military. I have no problem with it. I have no problem with that. Both our parents are former military as well, so and they and not the one of them got a problem with it. You know why we don't have a problem with it? <laughs> you know why we, we still get treated like shit. It. Well, no, 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 no. We don't have a guilty conscience. Only remember, accuse those of things that you have done. The Nazis have done it. You know, the Nazis have done it. Slave masters have done it. Okay? Where they flipped the script on the oppressed. So, so, if, you know, but I have nothing to hide. Only those who, who have a guilty conscience, they, they have to do the soul searching.
What the hell? That's no disrespect. That's no disrespect to me. Hell, look at the let's look at the national anthem. The the national anthem. The lyrics. The the the, the third. I guess the third part of the 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 third verse. I don't know if it's the third verse, but I, I, it's the ending verse of the song where it it. it it talked about defeating the slaves that helped the British. Francis Scott Key was was uh, was pro slavery, all the way through and through. He wrote the national, he wrote the national anthem. So now what? Hell, slaves sold the fucking flag. Everybody's gonna get Bessie Ross and then oh Bessie Ross, she made the flag. No, she had a bunch of niggas make the damn flag. Well, there you have it. And then you want to know what else I got to say about this whole kneeling thing? They do the work, they take the First credit. off, we, they didn't even have they didn't, they, two things on that. They didn't, first off, they didn't even have players coming up for a national anthem until 2009. 2009, people. Like, they like this is like a thing that's been happening forever. Like, the players have been on the sideline. This is a national anthem. Before 2009, they kept the players in the locker room. The reason why, and you won't get to the chase, and then this this fabricated bullshit. The real reason why they wanted to have players start coming out in 2009 and forward is so they can try to sell patriotism. Like everything is so fucking commercialized. Let's commercialize patriotism. I mean, think about it. All these 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 freaking days supposed to be about military. It's always more about the stupid ass sales than it is the people themselves. Oh well, well, well. Here's 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 something that you may not find. I, I find it a little humorous, but I don't know because this is your favorite team. But the Dallas Cowboys uh, owner Jerry Jones went on. Oh, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, they're not my team, but he's a fucking. Man, I swear, man, I slapped the shit out of him. I saw him, man. Fuck him. All of the, he's, he, come on, he's everything of the good old boy network. He went on where he went on the radio show and said that he glad that none of his players, his players, arrogant bastard, none of his players, uh, took the kneels down for the for the national anthem. I wonder if that's going to happen now, uh, since that Tulsa shooting is so close to home. Hmm. You know what? I, I, want, I want a player to do it because when you do that, like I said the other day to people, I said, I, I said, is he trying to triple? This is what we in the hood um, for people who not um, who not who don't have the hood, the um, urban dictionary by hand and and re- you know ready to go through at any moment. Um, this is what we in the hood call triple dog dare you. When you try some shit like that and say, I'm glad that my players, did, sir, that's a triple dog dare. And when mm-hmm. shit like that happened this week happened, yeah, yeah, that, that, oh, that, the only that, reason that saved no, 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 you, no, no, Jerry no, no, Jones, no, no. what was nine eleven, right? <laughs> now that, but but so you got to understand what Jerry Jones really are. See, it's not what he said that that you should pay attention to; it's what he didn't say. So, what I mean by that is this: he said that he said he none of his players kneeled. During the national anthem, but the translation behind that is, 
if any of my players does kneel, then they're going to be called to the principal's office. See, that's the whole that's the whole playoff. That's the whole. And I playoff. wish the hell he would. He just sit the fuck down somewhere. What I guarantee I guarantee you one of the players on that team is going to take a sit, take a kneel or a sit or or oh man, you gotta love what Philadelphia some of the Philadelphia players did. The old black hand boy, the black uh the black Panther hand. They did that. But uh it's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna do something. Oh, I can't wait. I I, I, I would want the players well, to do something. I want I because oh, that shit's not gonna I, be tolerated you know, with me. And you know who I want to do it? I want Des Bryant to do it. I want. Well, I want Dak Prescott to do it. No, nah, he's in, he's from Mississippi. Come on. Shit, well, they, I mean, well, there you go. That's even better. That's even more of a reason. Well, I mean, Mississippi is the most state. Mississippi is the is the most racist state in the union, and for some reason, the black folks that live in that state of Mississippi, it's like status quo for them. They're so they're so used to the racism that they're immune to it. They they you know, so I don't I don't expect Dak Prescott. And plus, you know, Dak Prescott is starting. He's probably afraid that if he does do something like that, he loses starting job. And so, oh, he can't. You know why? You know why Jerry can't pull that shit because he needs Dak more than Dak need him. Dak and I already made his money off off of preseason and these first two games. If Jerry tried to cut him, other t- somebody else gonna pick him up because this dude been saving our ass. And yeah, I'm sorry, I've been saying this. I said this back in preseason. I said this back in the draft. I couldn't fucking wait. So Dak Prescott got got on start playing for us, and what do you know? It came Christmas came early. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because I mean Tony Romo is he's he's washed up and he's a shell of himself, and he needs to really hang it up and all of that. He's not he's not the quarterback that that y'all thought that he was, and and and, and it's time for him to you know. Put himself off the pasture, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I I I think Dak is scared. I think Dak is scared to probably do something like that. And then you know, you know, and you gotta understand, Jerry is one of 32 owners in the NFL. These guys get together and they talk over shrimp cocktails and steak dinners, and you know, Dom Perignon champagne, and they buy. You know, two. You know, they buy thousand dollar an hour hookers and shit. They, you know, that's what they do. And 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 somebody like Dak Prescott, you would think, yeah, he'll get an opportunity in another city. But you know, he could be blackballed too. You know, there there have been NFL executives. Of, of course, they're cowards and they didn't have the balls to to say who they were. But they have they have went and told other media members of the media that uh he can't play for he can't play for this team or that team. They've said it. So, I mean, you know, it's still a good old boy net the NFL is still a good old boy network. 
the NFL is still, you know, it, it, it still is an owner's club. And, um, hell, why do you think there are no black um, owners in the NFL? There's a reason for that. Because they want to keep, they, that, that, that is the last bastion of good old boy network. Okay? The NBA, they have, you know, they have Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the owner of a team. LeBron James here in Cleveland, he already went public and said that uh, once he retires from the game, he's going to he he's going to be an owner of a basketball franchise. So yeah, because so, Usher is already a part owner of, 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 the, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right, and wherever and wherever LeBron goes, Usher is going to go along with. Him. Okay, then you got Magic Johnson, who's part owner of the Lakers. He has he has a he has a stake in the Los Angeles Lakers, and he wants to own the Lakers someday if they decide to you know get out if the if the Bus family decides to get out. So you know what I'm saying. So there's progress in other sports as far as blacks being owners. But you don't see that in the NFL. There's a reason why. There's a there's a very there's a very clear and present and vivid reason why. And because there ain't no black millionaires or even billionaires that want to own an NFL team, okay, it's it's the fact that, hey, we still decide if we want you in our club or not. And if we don't want you. You're not gonna get in. It's just that simple. Right, these so, owners, you know, I mean, no disrespect, but these um owners, they take so long to fucking die. Well, I mean, uh, that's true. But these owners can be bought out too. You throw enough money at them. Look, look let me let me give you a prime example. Uh, the own the, the the current owner of the Cleveland Browns. Okay, uh, I, Jim. I can't think of his last name. It starts with an S. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, Jim. He owns uh the Pilot Flying J, uh, gas stations and and truck stops all around the country. All right. He uh he bought the Cleveland Browns. Wait for it. He bought the Cleveland Browns for nine hundred million dollars. Do do you hear what I'm saying to you? I hear you. He bought the Cleveland Browns. Well, I'm, let me let me let me Google the guy right now. Um, he bought it. I about that too. Hold on, let me let me look at my other. Other apparatus. Okay. Jimmy Haslam. Jim Haslam. Okay. The Haslam family, Jim Haslam and the Haslam family bought bought the Cleveland Browns for and I want to let's see here. It's a ridiculous amount of money. He bought it from Randy Lerner and the uh and the and the Lerner family. I don't know how I'm trying to see if it will if it will 
pull up how much he bought the team for. But I know it was in the nine hundred million. I you and I probably won't hey, there's all hey, there's always the lottery and then we don't know where our circumstances are. But it's a good chance we 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 won't make nine hundred million dollars in our lifetime. But you do have to know how much money that is. Like we couldn't spend nine hundred million dollars in our lifetime even if we spent a million dollars a day. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, do you understand how much money that is? I, I got all my bank account right now. <laughs> I mean, okay. He bought. He bought. Oh my God! Um, here we go. Got the number for you. Um, the Cleveland Browns were valued at nine hundred seventy-seven million in two thousand eleven. Um, he brought them for one million dollars. No, he bought them for, for one billion. billion. One billion dollars. Excuse me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a billion dollars. I'm going to take the team. Okay. <laughs> so that's even I mean, worse than what you said. You said nine hundred. Is it crazier than that? <laughs> Hey, right. he said, nah, let me add an extra hundred dollars, well, hundred million well, on was worth 900 million, <laughs> but sold it for a billion. But when it, 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 it is, it, okay, what I'm about to tell you seems about to blow your mind <laughs> even more. Randy Lerner, when he sold the team, his dad originally, and when he bought the Cleveland Browns, he bought the Cleveland Browns for $545 million at that time. So when the team was appraised to be sold, the worth of the team was $900 million. So, so, So sit down while what I'm about to tell you. Randy Lerner <laughs> just made, he doubled his profit. Off the team that his daddy bought, he had no hand in buying the team. His dad did, but his dad died. Mr. Allender died. So the son takes over. You know what that's like? That's like having that's like that's like having sex with a high with a high end prostitute. That's like having sex with a high end prostitute. Your daddy pays for it. Your daddy pays for it off of his credit card. Only, 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 <laughs> only for the credit card to be denied. <laughs> What's the wait? 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 I'm gonna need you to dial down on Chris because you sound you talking about Donald Trump right now. <laughs> Oh, you were talking about Melania. Oh, okay, never mind. Continue the story. I, you said high end. I mean, his daddy paid for a high end prostitute. I thought you were talking about Melania. Okay, never mind. 
Oh, but Lonnie look good though. She can go by. She can come <laughs> over here and sit on Uncle's lap any day. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna lie about that. I just just don't, like, don't mention Donald's that, that, name. That, that's gonna cost you a pretty penny, man. Right. Don't. don't I, who said I was gonna pay for it? I just said she put it over on Uncle's lap. I didn't say I was on the table. Well, then again, I mean, Donald Trump did say he uses other people's money. You didn't say that yet the other day, so I could get back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say, wait a minute, I didn't say that, uh, <laughs> I didn't say I was going to pay for it. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Oh, 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 silly dude. Oh, silly me. I didn't say I was going to pay for it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not at all. I mean, come on. I mean, banging her is, 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 is you know, it's just like meat on a bone. I said she can get it. I ain't say I was going to pay for it to get it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. no, 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 no. The way he talked about his daughter, though, I'm kind of curious. Like, you know, what's up? Are you, you, I know, you know, like, what like, the hell? I mean, dang, your daddy talked to you all like, are you really all like that? For real? Uh, why don't you come over here and lick the pickle? <laughs> Let me stop by. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, uh, but I'm just saying, you got these rich folks who got this money that they can just throw around like it's no big deal, right? And they hold, and, and we're going back to Dak Prescott, and we're going back to Jerry Jones and the, and the players, not Neil. They, they holding, they're dangling strings over people's lives like that. There's something wrong with that picture. Men like these, like like Trump, like Jerry Jones, they should not have that kind of power. They should not have that type of influence. They should not Devo. have absolute <laughs> control over grown-ass men's lives that want to play a, a, a simple game that they love, that they grew up playing. They shouldn't have that type of absolute control. They just shouldn't. And 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 to have billions and billions of dollars, you know, Jerry Jones, he built that new stadium, right? And and to have that kind of access to money, there's something wrong with that picture. The city of Dallas shouldn't have to decide whether to, you know, use stadium money to use money to build a stadium or to use that money to fix its infrastructure in the inner city or, or, or you know, or to fix the schools. They shouldn't have to decide that. These rich, these rich motherfuckers should be paying for their own damn stadiums to get built. Because no matter how much they charge a ticket, if you're a diehard fan, you're still going to go. Guess what? If I want to see 
the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the ticket cost a hundred bucks. Damn it! I'll just be a hundred dollar pan Browns fan. But if that's what the owners have to charge in order to, to in order for them to make up what they to make up for all the money they put. Uh, all the money they put into getting their 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 stadium built, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But if you're using taxpayer money to get your stadium built, then those taxpayers should get should get breaks on attending the stadium and watching the game. So there's a lot of things that these owners really need to be focusing more attention on than their players taking a knee on the national anthem. They need to know their role and sit down and shut up and count their money. Because these fortunes just didn't come out of nowhere. I guarantee you that all the owners of the NFL or how rich they are, they got their they got their riches from ill gotten gains. They've cut you know, you when you make that kind of money, when you make that kind of money, city, you've had to step over people. You've had to step on some people to 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 make that kind of money. When you when you when you're worth fifty five billion dollars, toes, my man. Oh, I earned this the honest way. No, no. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. So, oh, you, you have rich families that marry into each other. You have rich families who marry into each other on purpose so they can all keep their wealth together. All that shit. So I got a final yeah. question for you. Yeah, go ahead. And and this, um, you know, as we great lead lead off of the show in a second, I want to leave you with this and definitely get your final thoughts on this. What's the answer? Like the answer to all to what's going on? Because to tell you the truth, man, I don't have an answer. I do now. There's some stuff that I've tried. You know, I I I can't. Well, I do have an answer. But every time I say it, people look at me in the face and like I'm crazy. Like, everyone wants to take the lazy route. Like, I saw this post earlier of people telling us to boycott going to work on the 26th or on Monday or whatever, and let's stick it to the man. And I keep looking at these people. I'm like, like I hate that. Like, why are we all taking the route to where it's it, – it, it, we always want to do action that doesn't do anything – Instead of how about is, if you want you want to do something economic, you want to do an economic type of protest? Instead of making this a protest, let's make this a year-round thing. Support your fellow black business, man. Shit, I can't, I can't, because one, because when we, when you have the money, you got the damn power, obviously. And right. so I want your thoughts on that, like closing us out. Your All final thoughts on. We on that, and also I do want to say this too: give people a precursor. Uncle Chris will be back on the fifth of October, so mark your calendars for that. 
and I will be gladly here to help. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question, oh, we just need to talk more. Remember, persistence always overrides resistance. You know, that's how I met my that's how I met my ex wife. I was persistent. But if I wasn't persistent, my son wouldn't be here. And now that my son is here, he's getting ready to graduate from high school and he's getting ready to go to college. So those were good things, correct? They were. Exactly. Leading to leading to that, we we as black folk in all walks of life at at the office, you know, at the office, any type of social settings, we need to get our we need to get our white counterparts to start talking. We need to get them to talk. We we need to we need to have every I would like to see every city in this country to have open to have open uh town hall meetings, community forums where everybody can voice their ills in the community and also voice how how change can come about. Because if we don't talk to each other, we 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 will continue to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Communication has always been the key. So communicate. Whether it's social media, whether it's like I said, hosting community forums. Whether you know we can do it ourselves, you know we can, you can, you know you can do it in Texas. I could do it here in Ohio, all right, and have white and black people there, and not only we can we can voice our frustration about not only what the police is doing, but also what these thugs are doing out here in the streets and what we don't want them doing. We don't want them to be harassing and, and hurting law-abiding citizens. All right? And let the police know, hey, look, you know, we want you to do your job to take them off the street. Me as a law-abiding citizen, if I haven't done nothing wrong, then I have nothing to hide. If you want me to see my, if you want to see my license and registration when you pull me over, here you go. Hitting it home. Nobody likes to talk about race. Shit, I get sick and tired of talking about it. I have my days where I'm at. I don't. I don't. I, I can't be angry all the time and pissed off all the time. That does nothing good. You get depressed. And then you start taking it out on, and then you start taking it out on those who really do care about you. So you don't want to do that. But a best way to to really get the ball rolling is that when you're at work, say something. When you're on social media, say something. If you make a video, say something. You want to talk about it on the radio, say something. That is the best way to 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 go about. You gotta open the. You, you gotta have the form to talk about it first, and then keep having those forms like an AA meeting. That's how you go about it. But if I make aspersions, and this is the dangerous part, and I don't want to. I don't want to tiptoe to hypocrite city, 
But one of the things is that when I say white people have to get involved, I have to be willing to listen, even even if I don't like what they're going to say. I have to give them that floor. And 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 so should us. Give them that floor to talk on it. And if they say, hey, well, you know, hey, I just, you know, you just ignore it, then no, you sit down and you tell them, no, this is, we can't ignore this because this affects us and break down how it affects us and how it affects them as well. And once we start doing that, the walls, some of the walls will come down. And when some of the walls will come down, then you can start seeing the change. You know, I might not know Peter Griffin, but I at least got to know where he comes from, and 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 I heard what he had to say, and he heard what I had to say, and we and we found some common ground. That's what we need to strive for. It's either that, or there's going to be blood in the street. And if it's blood in the street, it's only a matter of time where it where it come where where it's at your doorstep. The suburbs aren't the suburbs aren't safe anymore. They're getting it too. And it's only a matter of time where the lily white neighborhoods and the suburbs are going to feel the wrath of what's going on out here. Hiding your head in the sand eventually you know, you're gonna get paved over at some point. <laughs> So it's best. I'd rather you to bring your head up out of the sand and be willing to listen and be willing to learn. You kill racism by tolerance, acceptance, and respect. And when you got those three things, kill racism. I think that was huge. <clears throat> that being said, Chris. I'm excited to have you on here on October 5th, man, because, <laughs> well, I'm going to say, well, I, I should put this, I should reword that. I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm kind of annoyed, and I'll tell you what I mean by that, because if I come back on here on October 5th, and we have to address another person, another name of a person that got killed unjustly, I'm going to fucking lose it. So, let's, Uncle Chris, Uncle Chris will be on here giving you giving your asses a fucking progress report, and it better. It, I better not to have. We better not to have no talk about this, people. <laughs> let's just hope that we don't have to talk about this. Really, you know. <laughs> um, I want. You know, I believe in karma. I believe in the Zen philosophy. Um, and you know, it's funny because I was watching the uh, Dalai Lama live on uh, Facebook Live. And it was pretty cool, you know, to see him. And 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 um, at the end of a show like this, I'd probably be a little bit cynical and say, "Well, well, you know, Seti, uh, I hate to bust your bubble, but there probably is going to be another dead person by the time between now and October fifth. But I'm not going to say that. 
I'm I'm going to say just the opposite, I'll, and I mean that because you know I, you know I, I I do I do believe in karma. I do believe in the, in the Zen philosophy, and 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 let's just hope that, you know, let's just hope that we don't have to. Let's just hope that what has happened is is the last. And, and 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 that when we get together back October fifth, um, it will be a, a lot more uplifting instead of you know instead of hell raising, because you know you know because because I could tell you right now, when we die there is no heaven or hell. All that's in your mind, okay? If you're looking for hell, it's here right now in these times. Of, of what we're going through, hell on earth. When good people who've done nothing wrong get shot and killed and murked for no apparent reason at all, that's hell in of itself. Because, because guess what? That could be you. That could be me. That could be my son. That could be my brother. That could be my father. And then to tell me that there's an afterlife, if you don't, if you don't uh, obey this deity, you're gonna go to this place. Hell no, the hell is right now, buddy. It's right now. That's why we're so upset on what's going on in this country because good people don't deserve to be treated this bad. That's all I got to say on that. And in the words of Samuel Jackson's character of Radio Raheem, and that's the truth, Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding. (laughs) Well, people... I enjoy having you on the show. We have to have this talk because sometimes when you talk and you talk peacefully, you, you, you stuff can happen. And like sometimes, and I like these shows, man, because sometimes those shows, I don't have to do that much work. This is one. This is one of those shows where when Uncle Chris come in. Just sit back and learn something, son. <laughs> and that's part of the problem. If people learn how to listen, just as much as they talk, maybe as soon as, like you said, shit would go better. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so, people, again, if y'all miss any parts of the show, make sure y'all check it back out, man. Um, iTunes, type in Just Fly Radio Network, Stitcher. Um, tune in radio app and look for Dust Five Radio Network, and you'll be able to listen to this episode from today. We had a, we had artist T Rock on the show earlier, and then Uncle Chris, who is here with me now, we chopped up some real shit. So definitely, man, tell tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a motherfucker friend. Okay, uh, y'all, we went to go on out. How we end every show, and that's reminding you in everything you do, no matter what you do, no matter how you do it. Remember, what well, there's a J, or what well, there's a U, 
There is a way. Y'all tune in every episode of Life at the Dust Live. Your boy Seti J. And it is Wednesday, aka Hump Day. So I would be doing a disservice if I did not say this PSA the way out the show that I give every Hump Day. And that's if you're going to hump somebody, please do it responsibly. All right, <laughs> y'all. We rolled on out. Peace. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> All right, say thanks, man. <laughs> My pleasure, man. All right, now. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.